Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. Hey! I am so excited about today's episode because I am going to be talking about angels and more specifically, I'm talking about the connection between angels and dancing. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I feel like often the names of my third year students are prophetically speaking into the season where we are at. And this year, one of my third year student, students' name is Michael. And as you know, Michael is also the name of one of the archangels. And it says in the Bible that he's actually leading the armies of angels. And I believe that we are in a season where there is a whole lot of angelic activity happening. And uh, we are, of course, not like worshiping the angels. But we are worshiping Jesus with them and we want to be aware of them because God is sending them to us for a reason. And I believe actually for several reasons. So first of all, like it says in Hebrews 1.14, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So... uh. And there's so many examples in the Bible where angels appeared also in human form and came to rescue, came to help or came to deliver a message. And I was thinking of a story from my own life. I have, I have experienced this a few times in my life uh, where I have been visited by an angel. And I think it's very interesting that one of the first times that I believe that I know that I encountered an angel in human form was right when I was stepping into more public uh, dance ministry and uh, specifically like worship dance ministry. And I was, I have been invited to go and dance at this uh, worship event in Finland. I was living in Norway at the time. I was part of Youth with the Mission there. And uh So I was going to travel for the first time by myself, um, going on the ministry trip, uh, flying out of Tromsø. And uh, <laughs> I remember um, just it was a rainy, cold, dark morning in north of Norway. And I was trying to figure out how to get to the airport. I was at the bus stop by myself trying to read the timetables and came to realize that, oh my goodness, like the earliest bus that's gonna come is gonna be too late and I'm gonna miss my flight. 
So I had a little bit of a moment of panic and I'm like, oh Jesus, like what am I gonna do? But then before I even have time to panic too much, <laughs> I noticed that there's a taxi that's driving right in front of me and stopping there. And I'm like, I didn't order a taxi. Like, where did this guy come from? And I turn around and I noticed that there's a man who has appeared right behind me. And I don't know where he came from. And, <laughs> and he walks confidently towards the taxi driver and tells him that, hey, we're going to the airport. And I kind of look at him and I'm like, um, I mean, I actually am going to the airport as well. Like, would you mind if I also like hop in and I could, you know, pay for part of the taxi fee or, and he just kind of smiles at me and he's like, of course you're coming with me. And I'm like, okay, like this sounds like it was planned. So I, I hop in the car, in the taxi and uh, we drive to the airport and uh and I kind of so then I I get out of the taxi and I watch this man um pay for the taxi driver and and I just turn away for a moment to figure out like where the entrance is and and I turn back and this man is like gone like I can't see him anywhere I w- I wanted to thank him but I didn't even get a chance to thank him because he literally disappeared and even like when I I was trying to look for him at the airport and the Tromsø airport is not big and at least it wasn't during that time because this happened in 2000. Oh my gosh, it's like literally 20 years ago. But the, at least at that time, the airport was so small that you could see everybody who was there. Uh, and this man was like nowhere to be seen. So I am pretty sure that it actually was an angel in human form who came to help me and who came to make sure that I would make it to my flight and I would make it to that worship conference where I was headed. So uh, yeah, I thought that was a really, really, really fun story. And I also have another story that I, I want to share. But before I get into that, I just want to clarify that uh, we are not the ones who are commanding the angels. That is God's job. It says in Psalm 91 that for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So God is the one who is actually commanding the angels. But we still play an important part in activating the angels because it's our prayers that actually moves them. And it says in Psalm 34 verse 7. This is from the message translation. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Isn't that pretty awesome? The same same verses in NIV, it says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Yeah, so it's so, so amazing how God is using angels to protect us, to rescue us, to cover us and and just guide us and guard us in our ways. So my other story is uh, from 2001. So not long after my first angel story, I was living in Israel, in Jerusalem for almost a year. 
Um, I did a school that was for nine months, a school of worship. So also this angelic encounter happened in the context of worship in a sense that the whole purpose for me being in Israel was to learn more about worship. And I actually had several encounters with angels there, but I'm just going to share one of them. And so in this one, we were hiking somewhere. I don't even remember the specific place where we were, but I was together with some of the students and the staff from the school that I was doing there. And we were hiking down this hill and all of a sudden we see two soldiers who yell at us that duck, everybody duck. And they point out towards these big rocks and like tell us to like basically go hide behind the rocks. And we didn't first understand why, but as we kind of duck down, we start hearing this shooting coming down from that valley towards us. And uh, it didn't last super long. And then we kind of, when it got quiet, we started getting up and we wanted to thank the soldiers for warning us for whatever that was. But again, they had just disappeared. <laughs> it was like they dissolved into the thin air. Like we couldn't see them anywhere. And this was a very open area. So uh, they would, there was no way that they could have physically ran out of our sight uh, whilst we were hiding behind those rocks. So that was another time where the presence of angels became so real to me and, and the way how God is protecting us with the angels. And another uh, thing that the Bible talks a lot about with angels is worship, that angels are worshipers they love worshiping god and i also believe that the angels absolutely love dancing and singing and i can prove it to you from the bible um there's actually so many occasions where angels are mentioned in that context of worship and even you know at the birth of jesus i'm sure you all know the story from luke 2 uh, I love how the message translation puts it. It says that at once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Yeah, and I, I believe that at the birth of Jesus, the angels were not only singing, but they were dancing because they were somewhere up in that air. Like there had to be movement in, in how they were, how they were, you know, going up and down. And uh, I'm sure that there was a beautiful, beautiful dance that was happening also at the moment when Jesus was born and the angels were just so excited. Uh, there's also there's several scriptures that refer to the heavenly worship that's happening in heaven even right now. And in Isaiah, it talks about these angels that are specifically called seraphs or seraphims, depending on the translation. And they are, they are these fire angels that are made to worship God. And I'll read from Isaiah 6, verses 1 to 4. This is from NIV. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, 
and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So there is one awesome description of the angels worshiping in the Holy of Holies and, and just adoring adoring God in all his beauty, in all his glory. And uh, <laughs> I, I was also thinking um, one of the stories that I, I feel like I may have already referred to in one of the earlier episodes because I love it so much because it's talking about angels and, and dancing specifically, which is uh, the parable of the prodigal son that Jesus himself shared. And it can be found in Luke 15. And uh, I'm not going to read this whole story again. But uh, the point here was that um, when this um, prodigal son, um, who has wasted uh, everything that the father gave him, and it says that he finally came to his senses and came back to his father and returned home and and the father is so overjoyed overjoyed when the son comes back and and then we can read it's in verse 25 how the older son who had been working in the fields comes home and it says that he hears the sound of dancing and singing so here the father is representing our heavenly father has started this massive celebration and uh, uh, and I, I love that the father also says later that, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And, and then at the end of the, this chapter, it's, it's also it's talking about, uh, where is it? Oh, it's in verse 10. It's actually earlier, but it says that in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the same way, what was the way again? It said the sound of dancing and singing. Like that was the way how they were celebrating. And, uh, and it says that that's the way how the angels celebrate when even one sinner returns home and so it is it's that joy of salvation where the angels rejoice but also i believe that uh there is a connection um with repentance and reconciliation how the angels love that that there is the dance of angels that's connected to that reconnection and and that reconciliation and even family reconciliation here where it's represented by the son who is returning home and not just returning to his father, but returning to his family. And, and I love that 
this is the context where the angels are dancing. That there is reconciliation and reconnection that's happening. So, and I've been reading this book called The Sacred Journey by Brian and Candice Simmons, which is awesome, by the way. And it's based on the Song of Songs. And I was reading just a few days ago uh, the chapter 29, where they are talking about Song of Songs chapter 6. And in this chapter, the bride, uh, referring to the bride of Christ, has matured in in her love for the bridegroom, for Jesus. And um, Brian writes here that in the past, the persecution and the immaturity of others have wounded her, wounded the bride, but now she has changed. She is ready to live for others. She is no longer critical of the immaturity of others or other ministries. She is quick to recognize their strength and growth and potential for fruitfulness. And he's actually referring in, in, the, in this chapter in the Song of Songs. It says that the bride is going down to the nut trees. And he says that, you know, sometimes there are real nuts in the church. <laughs> uh, aren't we all sometimes little nuts? But, uh, <laughs> but it says that, uh, that the bride is actually going um, to the nut trees and, and she's going to intercede and she's going to look for the new growth. So she's not going to criticize, but she's actually focusing on what is happening and even the, even the small growth that's happening and celebrating the growth that's happening. And, and also what's so beautiful about this chapter is that, um, that it's talking about how other people around the bride, they are so drawn to the bride at this point and they are asking her to come back to them. And, uh, and it's kind of talking about the whole thing, how, how, how maturity and humility that comes with maturity is so attractive that it, it's like carries this fragrance of heaven and it attracts the angels to come and join in. And uh, I'll, I'll just read it from the chapter 6, verse 13. So uh, this, this is from the Passion Translation again. So it goes, Come back, return to us, O maiden of his majesty. Dance for us as we gaze upon your beauty. And then the bride says, Why would you seek me, a mere Shulamite? Why would you want to see my dance of love? And then the bridegroom answers, Because you dance so gracefully as though you danced with angels. Wow. And, and this same, same verse in NIV, the first part is translated that, Come back, come back, O Shulamite. Come back, come back, that we may gaze on you. And the bride says, Why would you gaze on the Shulamite as on the dance of Mahanaim? So that's the first part. And this is where, where it's mentioning this um, name and the place, which is a name of a place uh, called Mahanaim. And it's referring to this dance of Mahanaim. And, uh, and this, 
place is found in in another place in the Bible. We can read about it in Genesis and uh, and Brian in in his book he says that Mahanaim is the place where angels dance over the one who returns to his or her destiny. And so uh, this story is found in in Genesis thirty two. And uh, and it's actually the place where where Jacob is about to go and reconcile with Esau. So you may remember this story from the Old Testament. So uh, Mahanaim was the place where Jacob was left alone as he waited for his older brother Esau. And they so they had the background story was that they had quarreled for years earlier when Jacob deceived his father and brother, stealing the birthright through trickery. But it was this place called Mahanaim where Esau pursued Jacob and where Jacob encountered two companies of angels. So it says in Genesis 32, 1-2 that Jacob also went on his way and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. So <laughs> Mahanaim was that place of reconciliation where these two brothers came back together. And it was also the place where the angels danced, which just, it just blows my mind, the connection that's uh, how the angels love reconciliation and they are drawn to that place of reconciliation. And uh, Brian was commenting on this too, saying that Jacob was the Old Testament prodigal son coming back to his father's house of promise. And he wasn't talking about the part that I just highlighted where the angels were actually dancing also when the prodigal son came back. So I was so excited when I when I read this from his book and I'm like, Oh my goodness, like it literally ties it together. Like it is the same story. The angels are again dancing in that place of reconciliation and and connection and restoration. And uh, <laughs> heaven is just so attracted to reconciliation. And I also love the part that it's the bridegroom, Jesus, who says it in this verse 13, that the reason why they are gazing on the bride. It says that because you dance so gracefully as though you dance with angels. Uh, so Jesus himself is referring to the dance of angels as he gazes upon his radiant bride as well. And so just as Jacob saw this dance as he returned to the promised land, so the bride is now dancing with angels as she begins to walk in the fullness of her inheritance. Whoa. <laughs> so why is the Shulamite, why is the bride and her dance so beautiful? Why is it so attractive? And, and I believe that the key is here, that, um, that this is the place where the bride has matured that she has come into the place where she is so willing to bless others, bless the immature um, 
and she's operating in humility and in that spirit of reconciliation. Um, and I believe that this is what God is doing even globally. And, and I believe that this is also literally for the dancers, for the dance community. Like this is the place where God is calling us to dance with angels, a place of humility and where we celebrate people, even, even the people who are still in the growth process. Like aren't we all actually, but even the people that have in the past caused hurt or pain, now she's able to see them with the eyes of love and with that lens of love and lens of God's grace and being able to celebrate even the small victories and small steps of growth. And, and that's what's making the dance of the bride so captivating. That we come into that place where my life is not about me anymore. That I'm willing and ready to serve others and celebrate their growth and not get offended. Wow. So I, I believe that this is the place that God has for all of us and that we are going to see such a growth uh, of actually experiencing angels with us as we get into that place of uh, complete humility before the Lord and, and our, our willingness to bless people and, and get low and... Um, yeah, just really humble our hearts before him. And I, I just right now, I pray for all of our hearts. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the only one who is able to tenderize our hearts and melt our hearts and give us that compassion, give us that love towards our sisters and our brothers. I thank you, Jesus, that... You have paid the full price for reconciliation. Yeah, in every area. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, that, that you really have done it all already. And we get to step into that place of your victory. And we get to receive your grace. And that it's your grace that empowers us to love. It's your grace that empowers us to celebrate other people. And we thank you for all the angelic help in every area, in every circumstance. Yeah, thank you, God, for every situation where you came to our rescue, even the ones where we didn't even know that it was you or it was an angel you sent our way. Yeah, I thank you, God, that you are so loving and you are so kind and that we get to love on you, we get to bless you, we get to celebrate you and, and we get to join with the angels in adoring you, in blessing your beautiful name. Yeah, thank you, God. I thank you for even what you are about to do this weekend and, and this coming week. Yeah, we, we partner our hearts with you. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.